welcome to Pathways to Success, Functional Pathways podcast with industry experts to be able to just have a chat about things that are going on in the healthcare industry. And I am grateful to be joined today by Amanda Capone, VP of Customer Success with Restore. And we're going to be talking today about all things VR, technology, gamification, uh, being able to have technology in our senior living community. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me, Karen, and Functional Pathways team. We're excited to be here and for me have this conversation as a non-clinician, but servicing this amazing industry. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for this conversation. I might throw a few clinical questions your way because I'm sure you're way more savvy on that than you give yourself credit for. But can you give, give us just a little bit of background on yourself and Restore? Yes, absolutely. So um, I joined the organization um, around 2017. At that time, we were servicing a different market, uh, but the technology, the core of what Restore does has remained the same, and that's gamifying skill building. Uh, so we use everyday objects and your existing devices to help you engage in games and videos to get more engagement. Yes, red balls or stickers. Um, and to help boost that engagement in the movement of your residents so that they're working on functional skills and reaching that level of independence that they're seeking. So now we're in skilled nursing facilities, assisted living and uh, independent living communities. We also serve the IDD community. Um, so we find that our technology is pretty universal in the fact that it boosts engagement, it gets the outcomes. And uh, my journey there has been able to grow with a small tech company and see us just expand our footprint. And with that help lead our customer success team, primarily made up of clinicians uh, who really foster the relationship at the facility level to ensure that all the team members that have access uh, can implement this in their day-to-day -day seamlessly, not take away from uh, productivity, but add to it and, and get results at the same time. So when we talk about gamification, why gamification and what do you see as the clinical benefit and how do you measure success with that? Great question. So I think the first question is why gamification? And, you know, that is who we are at Restore. That's our heart. Um, you know, every day is not fun. And if we can find ways to incorporate and keep our treatment person centered with activities, with games that speak to individuals' hobbies or their backgrounds, but at the same time, we're moving our body, we're working on our functional reach or our core strength so that we can stand longer, that we can take care of ourselves at home. That's really why we went with gamification. Um, and we see that, you know, in small ways when we have contests in your office and when you gamify uh, even your day-to-day -day tasks, it helps you as an individual uh, feel motivated to kind of stay on track. And that applies whether you're in therapy or whether you're using your Apple Watch to track your steps. And so I think that it's a pretty universal way to get folks feeling excited and wanting to move and remove the idea that it's a chore or something that's undesirable. Um, what is the second part of that question? Because <laughs> clinical benefit and then how how you measure those clinical outcomes, because we know everything is going outcomes and value based and making sure yeah. that we're having an ROI on all of the clinical things mm -hmm. that we do, whether you're a therapist, a nurse, activities, wellness. How what do you see as the clinical benefit to gamification and VR and then measuring that clinical success? What does that look like? 
From what we've seen, the clinical benefit is kind of twofold, right? Um, on the front end, it's getting people in the therapy gym or getting them to participate in a group activity uh, with the life enrichment director in their facility or uh, meeting that 15 minute a day or two times a day session with restorative nursing. Um, so getting them in the door is part of that gamification. It has that benefit of less therapy refusals and more people feeling engaged. It also, we found, um, adds minutes to your therapy sessions that you're providing. So they're able to fill for more, you're seeing more time spent. And whether that's our technology or other technologies that have the same goal or purpose, um, that is kind of what's, what's driving there. Hoping so I... when you talk about outcomes, though, Amanda, you know, I think a lot of us think about just the outcomes from the SNF world. You know, we've all been so focused on our skilled patients, but now we're right. seeing that skilled patient population maybe go down in a lot of our sites. And it's more towards that long term care, wellness, ALIL population. How do you see that affecting the that either that participation or affecting the outcomes and being able to help them age in place across the whole facet of, of healthcare? I think that's a great question. I think where technology comes in, um, there's a few benefits and there's a few ways that you're now offer, offering novelty in long-term care. I think that's a really important component to where uh, that day-to-day -day can really drum on. And so to be able to tap into something that's software-based that's accessible from an iPad or your laptop, um, but is something new. Um, every day there's a new video or a new game or a new piece of content to engage with, whether that's individually or in a group setting. I think that's great. I also think there's a lot to be said for um, helping folks get over maybe their tech aversion. Um, we, we think of technology and gaming as something that's for kids. And when we take it out of that environment and we are able to demonstrate time and time again that this is accessible across generations and across you know, different cultural backgrounds, we can bring folks together and add that sense of community back and bring people uh, you know, who love to gamble or play sports and they're connecting on different levels in a way that they themselves probably never envisioned their you know, engagement with technology. Well, and I think your point around technology and savviness of technology is a good one. I, I certainly, if I can't turn it off and turn it back on and it fixes my issue, you have exceeded <laughs> my ability to, to deal with technology. I hand it to my eight-year-old neighbor and he fixes it and, <laughs> and then we go from there. Uh, but I think it's an important point to talk about technology and the uh, senior living population What's the strategy there from Restore or from any of your experiences on getting people comfortable with technology and not just the residents, but the therapists or the users of that that are trying to get our, our residents in the communities to engage? Exactly. That's, you know, we have that facilitator, as I like to refer to them, because they might be a therapist, they might be a CNA, they might be in activities, but they're facilitating, they're using that technology, so they're the one touching it. And then they're, they're, you know, the conduit to the resident making sure that we have that. So uh, first, I think it's having a really clear onboarding plan, whatever the technology is. If we're clear on what the time frame looks like, keeping it as tight as possible and empowering users. So getting them into your product as soon as possible, making sure that 
they understand what their goals are. You, you purchase this technology for a reason. You've done some kind of background to know that we have a certain pain point and we'd like to use this technology to alleviate that. So I think having those in place really can help because then we have goals in mind and we can build relationships from there and we can help uh, connect and understand each other. And you know anyone really, we can walk you through uh, you know, how to load a certain page or how to calibrate your red uh, ball that's in your gym to play our games. But I think it's really about having that mutual goal and building the relationship and that will we'll be able to connect and, and work through any challenge that might come up. So when we talk about therapy implementation of whether it's gamification, VR, technology, whatever it might be, how do you see that assisting with the different modes of treatment from a therapy perspective, you know, whether it's group concurrent and different technologies have different limitations, right? It's, it's certainly a huge gamut across the board, as I know you're aware, but how do you see that technology assisting with those different modes of treatment as you roll out any of the technology? I think that's a great question. And you know, we have to, as technology providers, be also willing to adapt. Um, so for Restore, for example, um, a lot of our games might be viewed as something that is a one-on-one -on -one scenario where there's one controller and there's one individual. Um, and so it's about how we present our information and our content. So now when you go into our product, we have a tab for group and concurrent and we categorize the content so it removes the guesswork. I think that is really incumbent on us as the provider to build a technology that's intuitive. But whether it's our technology or others that are out there, um, you know, some are uh, limited by a you know, fancy piece of hardware, but that might give you greater uh, data points that you're seeking. And then there's others that might provide, even if something as classic as putting on uh, the radio or, or a music video for folks to enjoy and kind of have a sing-along experience. Um, and that's connecting and bringing folks together. So uh, for example, we have a lot of exercise content that allows for that group and concurrent. So it's hands-free play, but you're still engaged. You still have four folks. And then the technology is still kind of counting the minutes for you and letting you know uh, the success in that session. So. Um, it's really about being adaptive to where the changes in the market are coming as well. What's what's your approach to or or anybody on your team or thought process around approaching whether it's a therapist, an administrator, a DON, activities wellness director, who may have some resistance or be uncomfortable with the integration of something like this kind of technology into their communities and their practice? I think that for us, we try to think about the best channels of communication first um, and then really understand why that aversion exists. Was there a previous experience with another technology that didn't go so well? How can we learn from that previous onboarding and that education? Uh, is there a current challenge in the facility with Wi-Fi and is that what's limiting uh, our ability to succeed? So we do a lot of fact-finding, we add, ask a lot of discovery questions, and ultimately our role and our goal is to make everyone's life easier. So our team is very committed to working through any of those hiccups or uh, kind of hand-holding and, and walking through whether it's a virtual training or coming in person. Um, we see a lot of impact uh, where it's feasible. You know, we live in a pretty large landmass here, but 
being able to get into a building and see how people are using the technology with residents and possibly offering counterpoints or showing how to connect to a TV for a better experience so there's more engagement and it has a better display. So really for us being able to lean into those different channels and communication and connection are really important. Okay, Amanda, here comes some clinical questions. And I know you're ready for these. <laughs> I know right, you're ready. Yeah. You say you're a non-clinician, but I know you're ready. Let's talk about our persons living with dementia or any other mm -hmm. kind of disability, potentially, whether it's visual or hearing. But I want to focus in, and you can address the visual and hearing, but really focus in on the cognitive component and those persons living with dementia or some kind of cognitive deficit. How how have you been able to, with Restore or other technologies that you've seen, compensate for what we know typically happens with our residents that do live with dementia or, or the other disabilities? Uh, this is where I'm grateful to work with a lot of incredible clinicians who can educate me <laughs> uh, and, and help us build, um, you know, a blueprint for whether, you know, with our technology, and I'm sure other teams out there do this with their technology and understanding use cases. So we typically partner or we will partner with a facility um, in order to maybe conduct a case study, guide them through the best application with working with someone with dementia and how they can respond to restore. You know, if I hand a dementia patient a ball, their first instinct might be to throw that ball, which is a good instinct, right? Uh, but if we're playing restore, we don't want them to throw the ball. We want them to hold the object. So maybe I know to not give them a ball, but put a glove on their hand. So having adaptable technology that allows us to uh, cater it and create the just right fit for that resident. That's really important to us at Restore. It's why we uh, have added video content as well. So now we can have a kind of passive experience where you're not trying to control an object on the screen, but instead you're following an exercise video. We also have meditation available to allow for um, helping someone experiencing anxiety or we're trying to quell behaviors. So I think being an adaptive technology and also having folks that design your product who are thinking about that behind the scenes um, and communicating with the end user, that helps us a lot. As far as visual impairment or hearing impairment, I think that's where our settings come in. And you know, I'm sure other solutions are the same. Being able to remove gaming backgrounds so there's greater contrast for the visually impaired, removing uh, sound from a video or an activity because it might create a distraction and we just want the visual stimulation. Um, so knowing that this is a tool in your toolkit, just as you might pick up a balloon and tap that back and forth, you can take this technology and you can adapt it to meet and suit your goals. Uh, it's just that you have a bigger library now. Perfect. Have you seen with the implementation of the gamification VR, again, technology, an increase in participation, whether it's wellness, activities, therapy, but also with more adherence to therapy regimens, HEPs, you know, those home exercise programs. Have you made a correlation and, and done any kind of study or looking at those yes. outcomes and, and what that looks like? Absolutely. We, as I've mentioned, we, we partner with our partner facilities or therapy providers to do these case studies to understand where are we seeing that increased participation. Um, and time and time again, we're seeing in facilities greater units per visit uh, because folks 
maybe you were hesitant. They didn't want to participate. They were uh, rejecting therapy. And we introduced Restore as something to do in the first five minutes or something as a reward at the end of the session. And we see now more socialization, more engagement, uh, so greater participation. Whether, and that includes that standing tolerance as well, of course, because we can play in a variety of positions. So absolutely a great impact on that. Um, I also think for the staff as well, you know, we what a few years you all have experienced in the healthcare <laughs> industry and um, burnout is real. So having something that is not only making your residents smile and have a good time, but then there's that relief for you as the provider to uh, see that joy, to reach that next level, and maybe you know even have some fun yourself with a new modality and kind of bring you back to your passion and why you're treating and why it is that uh, we love working with these residents so much. I think that's a refreshing point about the passion and reigniting the flame around that passion. You know, I'm I'm a speech therapist by trade, and it's always been my calling to work in this industry. I started out when I was 15, and I can't wow. imagine being anywhere else. But, you know, the pandemic certainly caused, I think, a lot of people to question their 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 calling, so to speak. Right. Uh, I was fortunate that it didn't cause me necessarily to do that because, again, it's an honor and a blessing to serve this population. And I've certainly learned more from them than I could ever have given back at this point. Yeah. But um, I think it's a good point to be able to always stay fresh and always give us new ideas and avenues to be able to express that passion and use that passion to continue to achieve those outcomes, especially after a time when it was really, really hard to do that. Right. So let's talk about Medicare, Medicaid, and the payer sources for a minute. Okay. <laughs> because really we know it's not a very, it's not a very heavy regulated industry, right? Ha ha. <laughs> uh, we know there's lots and lots of changing expectations and restrictions when it comes to Medicare, Medicaid, managed cares, uh, private pay, all those kind of things. Do you see any upcoming limitations on the use of VR technology or anything that you see coming down the pike that's actually going to open the, the floodgates, so to speak, around technology and billing? Um, that's a great question. I don't know that I'm fully equipped to answer that question as I'm not always having my finger on the pulse of what is changing within Medicaid, Medicare. What I will we say, aren't always either, so you're okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I feel like I can say though is having a team where we have we're multidisciplinary and we understand where um, I have folks to lean on who do know what's coming, and then, like I said, adapting. Um, you know, for us, that's the benefit of being software as a service is that we do have our engineers who can know what's coming in the market. They can know how. Maybe the changes to group and concurrent, you know, that is one change we made where we knew that there would be a heightened expectation for that. We want to see more group and concurrent in communities and SNFs. So Restore, how are we going to now present and make sure that folks are returning to us as, a, as an option, as a tool in their toolkit versus dismissing us and thinking, well, I can't use that for group or concurrent sessions. I'll, I'll do something I would traditionally do. So I think it's about adapting and then also knowing uh, really the workflow, the persona of who we're serving. One thing we really take pride in is going out there, learning from our users, and then building a persona for who is logging into our product, knowing what the OT, the PT, the speech therapist, 
the activities director. What does their day look like and what are they seeking if they're going to open a platform? Uh, because if they have to click too many times, they're going to give up. Right, right. Let's talk a little bit about the newer addition of the restorative piece around mm -hmm. restore. I was really excited to hear about that just because I think we've talked a lot about the therapy component of this and how it can be integrated into the modes of treatment, increase success around those kind of things, engage our residents in different social situations and just kind of have that different way of doing things other than just lifting the weights or walking and, and being critiqued on your gait patterns and those kind of things. So we talk a little bit about the thought process behind why you guys felt it was so important to include restorative? Absolutely. So, you know, we find that we're all about gamifying that skill building. And when we, you know, took that moment to reflect and see that much of the content we have in our platform does parallel the restorative programs that are happening in facilities. Uh, so with that, we were able to uh, kind of align and understand where can Restore help you work on transfer training, uh, you know, bed mobility, communication, passive and active range of motion. When we realize we have those catalogs, now we can create an interface and we can present that content to a CNA or someone carrying out the treatment where they can easily start a game, load a video and work with those individuals, you know, two to four folks that have that same goal. And Restore Care allows you to track that participation. So if I load a 25 minute uh, yoga chair uh, video and I have four individuals participating with me, I've just been able to complete their requirement for the day. So it gives you a seven day look back period. It will give you a breakdown of the minutes that were participated uh, and what games and what activities and how that aligned with those specific programs. And again, we're you know an online product. So we're always evolving, adding new options um, and expanding how we can suit that day to day. That next step will be uh, the tie into documentation and being able to send that data right back to PCC and make sure that we're tracking the patient journey every step of the way. Perfect. So just a couple final, one, one real final kind of thought and question is just your summary of why people need to go ahead and consider a gamification platform, whether it's Restore or any of the other ones that are out there. What are a couple of few key points that you think whether it's an administrator or a contract therapy company, whoever it might be, what would you say to them and why they need to consider a gamification platform? I think gamification or, or bringing in technology is just so crucial in this day and age for a few reasons. First is that marketing component, of course. We, we don't maybe want to talk about that so bluntly, but knowing that you're having families and community members who are looking at your facilities and want to know what is unique about this place? What will make my loved one feel happy here or ensure that their days aren't droning on? Uh, if we see that you have a, a technology, an option for activity that is unique and out of the box, I think that's always a wonderful thing to promote. 
um, knowing that we do see increased engagement with technology, that there's more folks running to it than running away from it. So if we can lean into that and we can identify technology that is made for and designed for older adults to engage with and have clinical outcomes that help them with their independence, then it's a win-win for the residents and for uh, the, the group, the home. So, and then I think finally, it's about, um, you know, trying new things and adapting with an ever-changing world where uh, the pandemic threw everybody online. We were doing our Zoom calls. You couldn't treat in a therapy gym, uh, but you could get onto a laptop and load a restore game and, and be working on your functional reach or sitting edge of bed, working on that that trunk or you know your strength, your balance, and your core. So I think being able to lean into those opportunities to stretch yourself and try something new, uh, and of course all of these wonderful organizations that have tech options and gamification options, they also have strong clinical and customer success support. So they're there to uh, you know give you the keys, but also teach you how to drive. And I think that's a really important part of being a tech company in this space. Excellent response. Thank you, Amanda. Really appreciate your time today and the partnership with Restore. And you guys have some pretty amazing things out there and, and other, other companies do as well. But really appreciate you spending time today with our listeners and with me to really talk about technology and maybe break down some barriers that people may have had before listening to this. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, we really love you guys and are so happy to be here. So thank you again for the opportunity.